Hello, this is Hey Dude Shoes. This is an ad, but not for your ears, for your feet. Are they listening? Good. Hey Dude Shoes are the squishiest, airiest, lightest go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to. So light, a butterfly could steal them. So soft, kittens seethe with jealousy. So cushy, your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention. Toes, you've hit the jackpot of comfy. Hey Dude, good to go to. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen, and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary, caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser, Fumangali, from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one, Lindsey is in, Janovich the fullback. Janovich hit, nice big hit there by Kendrick, he continues to dig, he's not, they call a touchdown! They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, Noah Fang. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fang takes it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. Fang's on court. Touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And now, here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exercise the demons of another doomed season. I am exercise the demons. This house is clear. Okay, and we are live. Welcome in, everybody. To the Huddle Up Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, Monday was kind of a slow news day, obviously. I mean, nothing going on except pre-draft work by NFL teams. Not a lot of news as far as the Broncos were related, uh, but there was one little nugget that came out from Mike Kliss early on Monday that I think it's at least worth talking about. Let me go over this tweet, and I don't know, probably some of our listeners might have missed it. If you did, here's what he said today. Quote, Mike Kliss of Nine News. Quote, don't even get started on Phillip Rivers, Broncos country. Talked to Broncos' high-ranking source. The team won't be in on Phillip Rivers. Elway and Fangio moving forward with Drew Locke. Close quote. Zach, I don't know why he necessarily felt like this was a topic that needed to be ruled out, so to speak, but he did the due diligence, did the legwork. Now we know Broncos aren't going after Phillip Rivers. 
Yeah, duh. I mean, I, I guess it's because Broncos fans have a proclivity to want every single free agent that hits the open market, and the Broncos have shown a trend of going after veteran quarterbacks in the past. But this is the perk of having a young quarterback until this is the perk of having a franchise quarterback. You don't have to chase the the Phillip Rivers, you know, the Tom Brady's of the world, the old retread quarterbacks. You finally have your young guy to build around. So it's nice. That's the first confirmation, chat from Cliss this offseason that things really are different now, and the Broncos are no longer in that band-aid quarterback market it's, it's truly a nice sight to behold yeah i mean it, it really is refreshing that this team at least for now feels like they are no longer wandering the qb desert because i mean i don't blame cliss for checking and, and asking on it if you really think about it because again you can argue that uh john elway what he said during his end of presser or end of season presser was not the most let's just call it a lackluster endorsement of Drew Locke as being the guy. I don't think he necessarily meant it the way – he just didn't He didn't uh, communicate as strongly and, and upfront and passionately what the team – how the team views Drew Locke as he could have. You know, he didn't right. – he basically just said, you know, uh, I don't have any other reason or I, I – he's – what basically what he did was enough that I have no other option but to say he's the guy that's just not a ringing endorsement now we know he meant different Elway about Drew Locke it's not necessarily you know it's but the the message was kind of slightly ambiguous because of that so I don't blame Cliss calling up and saying hey what's the word Philip Rivers the Chargers they're done any interest there because if you go back in time let's just look at post Super Bowl 50 it was Mark Sanchez traded for. Now, of course, he didn't even make it to the 53, but there was Mark Sanchez. Then you get to – that was 2016. 2017, it was Simeon and Lynch, and then on the doorstep of the season, the Broncos had a chance to bring back Brock Osweiler, so they did. So another veteran kind of stopgap transplant. 2018, the Case Keenum experiment, enough said. Joe Flacco trade in 2019, enough said. And so I don't blame Cliss for, for saying let's eliminate that from the equation, but now you know, and it's Drew Locke. Build that nest, baby. Yeah, Elway didn't give a slam dunk that Drew Locke is the locked-in starter, no pun intended, for 2020. He didn't come out and say that, which led a little bit of uh, ambiguity about two Broncos fans, and they want to always look for that next quarterback. They always want to look to the next you know, addition to the team, but it's not going to be Phillip Rivers. No veteran quarterbacks, not even as a backup, Chad. No mentor type for Drew Locke. This is Locke's team 100%, and that was about as ringing of endorsement you're going to get from Elway, who is very secretive and tight-lipped still. That was enough for him and say, listen, I have no other reason than to roll out with Drew Locke as my 2020 quarterback, and until that changes, he is the guy, as he should be. Speaking of which, again, slow news day, so we're going to get to some of your questions and comments here in the stream in just a few minutes. There's one other topic that we want to address here as it relates to Drew Locke, but first, let's just handle a couple of quick matters of business and welcome in those of you who've been hanging out in the room, Buona Beast, Noble Young, Carl, David, Matthew, Moose1M1, Robert, Jamil, Michael, Jake, what's up, you guys? Thanks for joining us here live on the Huddle Up podcast. Let me remind you guys to take some time and head on over to Twitter and follow the show at Huddle Up Pod, simply the best way, as you know, to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then also a gentle reminder to head on over to our merch store that it has been created by your popular demand you guys demanded it we delivered it there are some new products that we put up over the weekend you can see here on the share screen this blue hat has continued this navy blue huddle up podcast hashtag football priest hat has continued 
to be the best seller of the of the merch store along with this navy blue hoodie mile high huddle and this blue huddle up podcast t-shirt and then there's also a few other items for now and more getting added basically by the day so when you guys get some time head on over there and we are working on ways zach and i uh to we're going to in fact those of you who have purchased merch make sure you reach out to us on social media yes and wearing the merch sporting the merch because we want to feature you in full huddle up podcast mile high huddle regalia on our social media and then we also want to find ways to feature you on the podcast down the road. So, again, it's a simple way if you want to support the show and also get some some Bronco-related, MHH-related swag, you can take care of that. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform. Everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, one other thing I wanted to uh, touch on with you before we see what's on the minds of our listeners. And guys, if you if you have any topics you want us to dive into, Make sure you drop them here in the stream, and we will get to them today. Um, but I wanted to see if you saw if you got a chance to catch what um, Shannon Sharp had to say about Drew Lock. Now, look, yeah. full disclosure here: we are in the you know the dog days of that dead period in between the Senior Bowl and the Combine, when there where there's just and the Super Bowl's over, and I mean there's just literally not a lot to talk about in terms of you know daily news. So we're going to some of the other fringe topics, and I thought this was worth at least talking about between you and I here, and we'll see what our listeners think too, Zach. But Shannon Sharp, here's let me read this quote um, on – this, was, of course, came from DenverBroncos.com from the team site. They caught up with him. I think it was at the Super Bowl. Here's what Shannon Sharp said about Drew Locke. Quote, it looks like they have found their quarterback in Drew Locke. He played unbelievable coming down the stretch. I like his moxie. I like his poise. You can tell he's a leader. You can tell guys like following him. You can tell guys like being around him. And that's part of the battle because you have to win the locker room over. You have to convince those guys every single day. And when you take the field on Sunday, hey, I'm the best chance for us to win this ballgame. And it seems like he's done a great job of doing that, close quote, which I think is very telling because, you know, Paxton Lynch, we've – We've clowned on what he lacked between the ears, you know, not the sharpest tool in the shed, definitely not cut out for the NFL, definitely not an NFL ready quarterback. Now you could argue that his, his measurables and his, some of his 
his traits were NFL caliber, but as a complete product, he wasn't ready. And one of the ways in which he proved that he wasn't ready for the NFL or, or you know, capable of being a quarterback in the NFL, Zach, was the fact that his he could not – none of his team – he couldn't win over any of his teammates in the same way that in just such a short period of time, Drew Locke did. And to me, that's one of – on the intangible side – one of the most reassuring aspects of the Drew Locke story thus far. Yeah, and you know, for me, the telling thing is Shannon Sharp is not one to BS. He's not one to blow smoke. He's known as a hot take artist along with um, with Skip Bayless, I think his partner is on Fox Sports 1. But he really tells it like it is blunt truth. And if he's coming out and praising Drew Locke, then Drew Locke did something to warrant that praise. And finishing you know 4-1 and, one and, and showing that he has franchise-type tools, that brought out the truth from Shannon Sharp. He's not saying this because he played for the Broncos. He's not saying this because he's tight with members of the organization. He's saying it's because... It's what he perceives as the truth from watching Drew Locke's tape. And I just think it's another feather in Drew Locke's still infantile cap to have all this media groundswell now. If you notice, every podcast Chad and I talk about a national media type making a positive claim about Drew Locke. It's a groundswell. It's the hype train and it's starting to really take off now. And Shannon Sharp is another one who's coming around and seeing him for what he really is. It's just another good look for the Broncos organization, Chad, to finally have that guy, the young guy, under center. You can feel that there's a real excitement internally among teammates, media, and even on the national scale for Drew Luck. I mean, we talked about this, I think it was yesterday's show, if not one of the ones previous, but the fact that guys like Adam Rank, who famously predicted this yes. team was going to go 2-14 and 14 last year, are now on the bandwagon predicting the Broncos are going to be are going to, are among the top candidates to have a you know, San Francisco 49ers type worst to first turnaround in 2020. We can talk about Colin Cowherd tapping the Broncos as, as this coming season's Buffalo Bills, basically. And and so I think the big reason for that, obviously, there's a, there's just so much excitement about Drew Locke. It all stems from Drew Locke, which is why, Zach, it still mystifies me why Elway wasn't a little bit more out front publicly. I mean, when he had that chance during at the end of season press conference, he had a chance to really like even go back in time to the end of the 2011 season. So you're going into 12, 2012. Elway had no idea Peyton Manning was soon to be released by the Indianapolis Colts. And in that press conference, he was put on the spot and he was asked about it. And in his answer about Tim Tebow at that point, of course, he ended up going back on it with Tebow because who could have predicted that one of the top five all-time quarterbacks would be available at his fingertips. But nevertheless, he was very emphatic about Tim Tebow has done enough to earn the right to be the starting quarterback heading into 2012. And again, it was just the most insane outlier that prevented that from becoming a reality. There's no reason to believe anything similar is going to happen. In fact, there's a lot more evidence to suggest anyway that Drew Locke is a more NFL caliber player quarterback than Tim Tebow ever was. I mean, he we can go back on that 2011 season, and it was miracle after miracle, not the Broncos winning off the left arm, I guess, the southpaw of Tim Tebow. But even then, though, Zach, my point is, Elway got out in front of it, and l- most obviously and evidently, like there was no getting around it, anointed Tim Tebow as the guy heading to the 2012, which is why there were some – you know, it did split Broncos country a little bit because so so many people were emotionally invested in Tebow because of what he had accomplished, and he was a former first-round pick of the team, that even a superstar like Peyton Manning, as great as Peyton Manning was, couldn't come close to what Tim Tebow had, had done for the Broncos, which to me I always found a little bit mystifying. But nevertheless, it's still like even that fraction of Broncos fans today, Zach, that are pounding the table, if you can get Tom Brady, you should get Tom Brady. Like, 
I don't understand that. At least, right. at least Peyton Manning at that point was what was he thirty six? I think. I mean, still a relative, uh, you know, on the back nine, but still plenty of time left as an NFL quarterback. But again, back to my point. I'm starting to ramble a little bit on that subject. But my point is, all this excitement that we're seeing internally, nationally about the, the Broncos, it all stems from Drew Lock, which is why maybe with the way we should view this tweet from Cliss this morning about the Philip Rivers thing was it's a way for the Broncos brass internally to, again, signal that Drew Locke is their guy without putting it out on Front Street. But I just don't understand why they're not that much. They're just not out in front with the whole thing. That's a good point. It's very interesting, you know, kind of a psychological way to feed it through the media that Locke is the guy. It's a little surprising Elway wasn't more emphatic about it, and I don't really think it's something to do personally with Drew Locke. We know how much Elway liked him as a prospect, and Locke couldn't have had a better rookie showing, Chad, going 4-1 and one and upsetting a couple teams and really, really playing well. I think it's more just Elway being so snake-bitten in the past from getting behind a quarterback, whether that's a Simeon or a Lynch or an Oswather or a Keenum or a Flacco. He's been bitten so many times in a row now. I just think he wants to see it on the field materialize before he buys himself in 100%. Uh, it's, it's trending in that direction, though. And, and like I said, him, Elway, saying that, that he has no other reason, that is a big admission from Elway. He's still going to be secretive and tight-lipped. I just think he's a little t- gun-shy considering his past failures, as you know, as well he should be. I think you're onto something there. I think it does have to do a little bit with just being like, you know, battered wife syndrome, basically, right. for, for Elway. He's just traumatized from what's happened, that quarterback carousel over the last few years. He doesn't want to get out over his skis about Drew Locke on a public level, only to be humiliated. I'm not saying that's the case, but it wouldn't surprise me like if there were some aspect of that informing the way he's approaching this on a public messaging level. But anyway, we'll we'll see how it shakes out. Our friend uh, Triple Threat Gaming jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you. Thank you. Wants to know, do you guys think Sean Lee can play middle linebacker? Now, this is a topic, Zach, as someone who has covered the Dallas Cowboys as well for Heavy.com. Mm-hmm. What's your answer? I think he tweeted me this question. If you're the same tweet, I, I apologize for that. I'll answer on Twitter as well. But Lee, uh, if he doesn't come back to the Cowboys, listen, he's going to be 34. He has an injury history. His best days are certainly behind him. And even for a flyer, I don't think it's someone the Broncos should take a chance on. Look to the draft to fill that need at inside linebacker, outside linebacker, whatever you want Sean Lee to play. I don't really see him being the option when the Broncos want to get younger. They might move on from Todd Davis, but to replace him with Sean Lee. Wouldn't even be a lateral move to me. So I don't seem to come to Denver. I don't think he's a good fit for this this organization. Sean Lee's one of those guys that you're just, when it comes to the NFL, you're always going to wonder what could have been. But yes. injuries just derailed that dude. Absolutely. He's, yeah. he's such a talent and so smart, but just had has struggled so much with the injury bug. Uh, Quentin jumps in on YouTube, wants to know, what should we make of Denver wanting to move up to number the number one pick? What would we have to give and who would we take now? Quentin, you might have missed yesterday's show, and I think it's ironic because we actually got a lot of flack on social media. Mile High Huddle did for covering this as a story, and, and we did as well for covering it on the pod yesterday. But guess what was like the primary topic on Denver Radio all of Monday? Was this rumor that the Broncos are among the five teams who have checked with the Cincinnati Bengals about what it would cost to move up to the number one overall pick. Now, for what it's worth, everybody I've checked with, it's it's not something the Broncos are actively looking at pursuing. It was simply a, a matter of John Elway doing his due diligence, finding out what it's going to cost to move up and just kind of getting a little bit of a lay of the land. Because to answer the question here, Zach, to Quentin, what it would cost, basically the Broncos would have to give up this year's first, 
and next year's first, plus this year's second, and probably all three of their third round picks this year. So in other words, the old cliche of mortgaging the future, you would literally be doing that. And the only time an NFL team mortgages the future like that is if it's for a can't-miss quarterback, for a quarterback-needy team. The Broncos are not a quarterback-needy team anymore, as evidenced by the whole first half of this conversation so far. Drew Locke. Right, and I don't think there's a can't-miss quarterback in this year's draft class. I like Joe Burrow, but he wasn't like Andrew Luck coming out in, in 2011. He One wasn't wonder. that type of prospect. Exactly. So even if they needed a quarterback, they would not burn through the entirety of their draft selection this year and also next year to get Joe Burrow. John Elway will check into number one, number two, number three, all the way to 15. It's just being a good GM, but he's not going to pull that kind of trade off and, and surrender that kind of King's ransom. It's just not going to happen. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, let's grab uh, DW96734 on YouTube. Aloha, brothers. Great job. Appreciate you. Thank you. Would you trade up a few spots to secure Javon Kinlaw? I just think if we add pressure up the middle, I think we're going to get a few spots to secure Javon Kinlaw. I just think if we add pressure up the middle, along with Vaughn and Chubb, the whole defense gets better. Thoughts? You know, if Javon Kinlaw is within striking distance, and let's say you're the Broncos sitting at pick 15, Zach, and you start getting to pick 10, and he's still on the board, you get to pick 11. I'm picking up the phone, and I'm seeing what it's going to take. If I have to give up one of my – or maybe even two of my third-round picks this year to move up and grab him, I'm considering it because I still have another third-round pick, and I still have my second-round pick because he's that – he could be that transformational of a player. I mean, we're talking about he's going to be raw, and it's going to take him a year or two to, to develop and turn the corner, but he's the type of guy that could come in. You saw the way those defensive lines in the Super Bowl on both sides – the way they influenced and impacted the game. And, yeah, we you, the Broncos have no problems on the edge. you got Von Miller, you got Bradley Chubb coming back, we assume, and no reason to think he won't. But you've got an entire defensive line basically hitting free agency, so you need to restock that that shelf, that cupboard, if you will. And, yeah, I would consider it. I would make the phone call if he's, if he's there from about pick 10 on. 
And this is exactly why Elway is doing that due diligence because if someone like Ken Law falls and he falls in love with them, if they want to move up to 11 or 12, they will already know, you know, fortunately or hopefully what that will cost. And this is why also I love this year's draft class for Denver because they have so many third round picks and so much capital. They can move up for a play- player like Ken Law if they want. I mean, I expect them to. For me, though, to me, a m- little more realistic answer, it comes down to what they do in free agency. If they bring back Shelby Harris, they bring back Derek Wolf, the other players on the board that will kind of dictate where they go with Kinlaw but this is one of the guys in my top three I think that I would want the most in the first round let's grab Clayton here on YouTube four or five realistic free agents the Broncos will go after he says I like BJ Finney Prince of Mukamara Calais Campbell Akeem Hicks most importantly sign just resign Justin Simmons go Broncos Clayton the I don't disagree with any of the, the names you listed here, but three of them are currently under contract by their respective teams in Amukamara, Calais Campbell, and Akeem Hicks. Now, they are all three rumored to be potential candidates for being cap casualties this year. And if they do end up, Zach, on the cutting room floor, they're three guys that I would definitely, if, if I'm the Broncos, be picking up the phone and trying to get, especially Akeem Hicks because of the Fangio connection yes. and Prince Amukamara. I'd actually prefer either or both those guys. I shouldn't say Amukamara over Calais Campbell, but I would prefer Akeem Hicks over Calais Campbell because Calais, he was very good last year. He's getting longer in the tooth, and we at least know for certain, Zach, that Akeem Hicks is born for the Vic Fangio system. Right, and if they lose a player like Derek Wolf, they lose Shelby Harris, that interior pocket-pushing pressure, you have that back in Akeem Hicks. So when he worked with Fangio, it would be an instant fit. He wouldn't break the bank, I don't believe, in free agency. I would love that move. I, I wouldn't mind most of these players. I will throw out also Randall Cobb as a receiver option for Denver. Not the Amari Cooper level, but a guy you can get in the mid-tier, couple-year contract, good slot weapon. A lot of free agents on the open market chat that the Broncos can go after and they can make a splash with. There was a time when Randall Cobb was one of the elite explosive wide receivers in this league. Well, maybe not elite, but he was a you know top 15, top 20 wide receiver in this league in his prime. And, and what he's lost in twitch and explosiveness, he makes up for an experience and savvy working that slot. And he's what you would hope maybe someday Des- Deshaun Hamilton could become. Yes. It wouldn't be a bad thing to get him in Denver, even just for a, on a one-year deal, just to show a guy like Deshaun Hamilton the way, how to work it from the slot. Our friend Damian jumps in on Super Chat. Thank you, Damian. Thank you, Damian. Ten dollar donation. He says, "I just I have been just listening, and the defense is a player or two away from greatness. How reliable is Bryce Callahan going to be?" Damian, that is one of the <laughs> million dollar questions for the Denver Broncos this year because you don't know what's going to happen with Chris Harris Jr. and Kareem Jackson. You know he's a safety in the eyes of the team. Basically, all you got behind Callahan is a rebounding Devontae Bosby from that neck, that scary neck injury. And by the way, he's back to 100%. So no reason to believe he's not going to be solid for the team, although I believe he's a, a restricted free agent. He might be an exclusive rights, but I think he's a restricted free agent. And then you've got the likes of Isaac Yadam, Duke Dawson, um, Devontae Harris, where all three of those guys, when they were put to the test in 2020, or 2019, I should say, it was only a matter of time before they were exposed and and revealed to be not quite ready for prime time. And, you know, you give them another year, maybe one or two of those guys emerge and and show up, but it's just not something you can count on. So the Broncos very much need Bryce Callahan. But guess what, though, Zach? Even if Bryce Callahan ends up being 100% healthy and available for the entire 2020 season, he only he's your slot corner. I mean, he's played less than 2% of his pro snaps outside the numbers. So – 
you're, you still need to have two viable outside guys. And that's, that's the, to me, the biggest O-S-H-I-T situation for the Broncos <laughs> heading into 2020. They don't have any cornerbacks. That's why I'm still, right. if I'm the Broncos, like, look, I know Chris Harris didn't have a great year in Fangio's scheme, but he was also asked to do a lot of things that were very strenuous, put him on an island. And even though he was the guy that was asking for being to, to be on that island, he, he just the different factors conspired against him. I would still do what I could to get him back short of making him the highest paid corner in the NFL because my situation is that desperate. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going to be desperate and not, it's not so much reaching because you know what you have in Chris Harris Jr. He's been a Broncos entire career. But if you're going to spend and take a little bit of risk, Zach, do it in free agency, not on draft day. That's a really good point about Bryce Callahan and also the fact that he's off. A, he's been out of football a year. He hasn't seen a field in over a season now. So he's going to be rusty as well, even playing for a Fangio system. So not to mention he's limited to the slot. The Broncos need at least two cornerbacks this offseason. We can disagree about resigning Chris Harris Jr., but the simple fact is they will be in the market for secondary help this offseason. And I would not be surprised. We talk about the Broncos doubling up at receiver or tackle. Do not be surprised if they double dip at cornerback as well. Like Chad mentioned, you're just no one left behind Callahan and are recovering Devontae Bosby on the depth chart. Appreciate the kind words, Brian. Let's yes. see what Scott says here on Facebook. What if Elway is thinking totally different on lock? Now, I'm not sure exactly what you're what you're asking there, Scott. So maybe uh, you know elaborate a little bit further in the comment stream. Let's see what Oscar says here. Regarding the draft, do you pick wide receiver or offensive line? And mm. what do you think they will pick at uh, what do you think the Broncos will do? Um, Zach, I've talked about this before, and I'm sure this is something that will – an opinion of mine that will continue to evolve the closer we get to the draft. But, again, those of you who are, who are listening and watching daily, you know I'm a little bit more inclined to go O-line in the first round because it's such a deep wide receiver class. Now, if C.D. Lamb – like we were putting that rock in a hard place yesterday, I think it was, Zach. Who do you take if it's C.D. Lamb or Tristan Wirfs at pick 15? Mm-hmm. Like that would be truly a, a Sophie's choice for me, but I'd probably still err on the side of Worfs. But it's either or. I mean, both are gigantic needs for Denver. So either way, they're probably going to come out of the first round with either a receiver or an offensive lineman. That's a pretty high probability. They need both of those kinds of players desperately. You can debate and it's subjective as to what you think the Broncos should do, but it's going to come down to who the best player is on their big board and how the overall draft board looks by the time they're on the clock. But offensive tackle and wide receiver, by far, to me, are the two biggest needs because they both supplement Drew Locke. All right, Mark on YouTube says, not comparing them, but in the offseason, after, I assume you're saying Patrick Mahomes was drafted, the league was whispering about his potential. Are we seeing that now with Locke, with the attention Denver is suddenly getting? I think there's some of that. There is a parallel, to be honest with you. But one thing to keep in mind is Patrick Mahomes had only one game, basically, as a rookie, and it was that Week 17 finale against the Broncos in which he didn't throw a touchdown, threw an interception, if I'm not mistaken, did not throw a touchdown, but had the Chiefs out in front of the Broncos to a point where Andy Reid's like, all right, we're going to go ahead and sit you down and bring in, I think it was Tyler Bray at the time, the third-string guy. Bray comes in, and Paxton Lynch manages to fight back, get the lead, so they – so Reed says, all right, let's throw Mahomes back in. Mahomes goes back in, closes the game out, gets the win for the Chiefs. That was the only that was you want to talk about a small sample size. That's all there was. 
But Zach, if you can think back to the 2018 training camp, do you remember all the Twitter being a fire about all the picks Mahomes was throwing in training mm-hmm. camp that summer? And Alex Smith had been traded to Washington, yeah. and it was like, oh, man, the Chiefs, I hope they made the right decision getting rid of, of Smith because they were winning and blah, blah, blah. Well, it turned out, of course, that he was the MVP that year and had a phenomenal mm-hmm. season. And for for Drew Locke, there are some some parallels, but let's just – not put the cart before the horse quite yet. Let's allow this kid to settle in, team up with his new OC, his new quarterbacks coach. Let's at least get to training camp before we we get too crazy. But you guys have heard me say this before. Not a bold prediction, but it's not going to surprise me if Locke has one of those quantum leap second years at the quarterback position that we saw from Mahomes two years ago and that we saw from Lamar Jackson this past season. Yeah, as this question lays out, and as you just cited, Chad, nobody in the NFL really knows anything. There's no guarantee, no slam dunks in the NFL. You can debate, and you can predict, and you can analyze, and you can project. No one knows anything for sure. Drew Locke looks like he has the makings of being a franchise quarterback. Chad and I certainly are high on him. Most Broncos fans are. But like Elway's kind of intimating, until he gets on the field for a full 16-game season and proves that, until the Broncos get back in the playoffs, they get back to being contenders and relevant, then it's still not 100% that he is the answer. He is the real deal. He has all the earmarks of that, but let's not just assume he's going to be the next Mahomes because of parallels. He is his own guy. He is the first true lock, not the next Patrick Mahomes. Terry from up in Canada jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, you, Terry. $5 donation. Hashtag football priest and state of being. You're you're proving that every day, Terry. The Broncos country is a state of being. Appreciate you. Not a geographic location. That means a ton. Thank you, Terry. All right, let's grab a couple more questions, guys. We're going to keep today's pod relatively short just because no need to flog it. As much as we love talking with you guys, no need to uh, flog a dead horse when there's not a ton of you know, uh, present topics to jump on. Let's see what Blake says here. Do you guys think that drafting Henry Ruggs would honestly help us compete against the Kansas City Chiefs? Would it help? Yeah, it would. Is it going to be the move that gets you over the top? No. Honestly, the move that's going to get the Denver Broncos over the top, it boils down to one simple thing. Simple, you know, simple in the the sense that it's only one thing. Does Drew Locke take the next step in year two? And it was Pat, here's the here's the one A to that. Was Pat Shermer the right hire at offense coordinator? Here's the one B. Is Pat Shermer and Drew Locke, are they going to make a good tandem as far as coach and uh, quarterback? But really, this whole thing boils down to Drew Locke, and that's why you, right. you still got to build the nest and you want to give him every, every opportunity to succeed. But those teams that are, are a force to be reckoned with, whether they're coming out of the blue like the Buffalo Bills did last year or if they're a team that's been consistent, what's the common denominator? They have a quarterback. And so that's what it comes down to, Zach. Perfectly said, Chad. The way the Broncos are going to compete with the Chiefs is by offense, is by the quarterback, and it's going to help having that wide receiver too in rugs, but you also have to protect him. You have to coach him well. The Broncos will be the sum of all their parts. It's the entire offense coming together. They have the defense in place to limit the Chiefs and kind of contain the Chiefs. Mahomes is going to get his, but the offense is the make or break between the Broncos being, again, another 7-9 team or flipping it to being 9-7, 10-6 and is a true threat to the Chiefs. It's the entire offense. And like Chad just laid out, it starts with Drew Locke and ends with Drew Locke. Buona Beast on YouTube is Lloyd Cushenberry, the LSU interior offensive lineman, a second-round player or a third. Everything I've seen, Buona, is he's a late first, early day two. He's like a Dalton Reisner caliber um, offensive line prospect. I expect him to test well at the combine too. So if he has a nice combine, nice pre-draft process, he could sneak into the first round. But by far, no no way he's a third-round pick, Chad. He's not going to slide that far. 
CA Sports on YouTube says, who should the Broncos re-sign, Wolf or Shelby Harris? Hey, you came to the right podcast if you want to <laughs> debate on that one, my friend. You know, my opinion on this is Derek Wolf, not just uh, what I think the Broncos will prioritize and do, but also who I would prefer, Shelby Harris, for me. And this is something that Zach and I are a rare topic that he and I disagree on. But for me, Shelby Harris was just, you know, he's he's a fine young, like he's not young anymore, he's 29 years old, but he's a solid player but just too inconsistent. The one thing I give him is he has that knack for making a play when the chips are down, and you can't put a price tag on that. I get that. But then I look at what Derek Wolf produced, albeit in a truncated year because of injury once again. But the, he just took like a duck to water in Fangio's scheme, significantly more consistent and evidently a fit for the scheme than Harris was. Harris took time to build up steam, and you know by the time he got to the end of the season, he was a, he was a finished product more so, whereas Wolf. I mean, he was he hit it hard right out of the gates. He led the team in sacks, uh, but when he hit IR, he was the team's leader in sacks. So for me, it's Wolf, and it's also a financial thing. I think it'll be more team friendly to resign Wolf than Harris. Uh, what I like about Harris is that he broke out in two different schemes, though he flourished in Vance Joseph's scheme and also Vic Fangio's scheme. So he, you know, he has the ability to adapt to whoever he's played. He also has that pass rushing upside. I just think he's a little more youthful, obviously. But here's my olive branch to you, Chad. I wouldn't mind the Broncos bringing back Derek Wolf, but for either player, I just don't want them to overpay. You can make the case for either; they're not worthy of being. 13, 14, 15 a year. If they want to bring back Derek Wolf, fine, but just don't five-year contract, you know, 30 guaranteed. If you want to make it a short-term deal, incentive-laden, fine. I just think one of them, though, has to be brought back. They cannot lose both and have to rebuild their entire defensive line and rely on people like Demarcus Walker and Draymond Jones this season. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Agreed. And think back to 2014 when the Broncos signed T.J. Ward, Tlaib, Demarcus Ware, Emmanuel Sanders. They only had $30 million to work with in cap space, and they have double that. And they're going to have almost triple that by the time they move on from Flacco and uh, you know decline Ron Leary's team option. Now, Scott jumps back in to clarify what he was saying in his earlier question. He's saying, what if Elway maybe thinks that Locke isn't the guy and he's looking for another QB and kind of explaining why they were checking on the number one pick 
There's absolutely no evidence to suggest that at all. And everything I've talked, everybody I've talked to, that's it's not the case. It's it, the people I talk to. It's like, look, the Broncos are in love with Drew Locke. We don't understand why they're not being more public with their shows of of affection for Locke than they have been. But they are all in on Locke. You know, the sad thing is there's actually like a non-zero chance that Elway's actually thinking this considering his his previous infatuation with old and tall veteran quarterbacks. But yeah, it's Drew Locke's team for the foreseeable future, for 2020 at least. And no matter what Elway says, that's going to be the case. Duke jumps in on Super Chat with a $3 donation. You, no question, but thank you, Duke. Appreciate we appreciate you. you. It means a ton. Ron also jumps in. Thank you, Ron. $5 donation on Super Chat. Thanks, Ron. We need to match the speed of KC to compete. I trust Fangio with whatever defense he's given. We need to go big on offense and free agency in the draft. And and that's don't mistake what we were saying earlier, Ron, that we're saying, you know, ignore the offense because it all comes down to the quarterback. No, the quarterback is ultimately going to decide whether or not this team turns the corner in, in 2020. So you want to give him all the tools you possibly can to turn the corner. I'm with you on that, Ron, that when you have a guy like Fangio – handling the defense, you can afford to scrimp a little bit at some positions knowing that you're going to, you know, make up the distance based on his experience and ability as a, as a schemer. It's the offensive side that needs the most attention. And that starts with the O-line and the skill positions, wide receiver specifically. But you also need to find a three down back that can complement Philip Lindsay. So I don't disagree with you, Ron. I just want to clarify on that. And one of those positions on defense is inside linebacker, as they showed last year. They can get by with whoever they insert in the lineup. So like you said, Chad, it's perfectly well uh, put. The Broncos can take a little less from the defense and invest it on offense. But not only would you want to protect Drew Locke and give him weapons, this offseason should be spent building up his confidence. Those moves signal to him that he is the guy. There's no competition. There's no one standing in his way looking over his shoulder. He is the guy. And the more the Broncos put that out there, the more his confidence grows. And for a young, impressionable, still green quarterback, that's very important off the field, too, to keep his confidence high. All right, one or two more, guys, then we got to get out of here for tonight. Clayton jumps in. He says, with as many picks as we have, is there any chance we package a second and a third to get back in the first round? Would love to come out of the draft with a top tackle and a top wide receiver. There's absolutely a chance. In yeah. fact, when John Elway traded back from pick 10 to pick 20 with the Steelers last year to, to take Noah Fant, what he got in return was two third-round picks. One was a 2019 pick. One was a 2020 pick, which he'll have this year to use. The pick he got in 2019, he used to move up to grab Drew Locke at pick 42. So it's it's something that can be done, and it just depends on who's there in that little pocket of picks and whether or not they're high on the Broncos board. I wouldn't be opposed to it if you get the right guys. Exactly. That's the important part there. Don't trade for the sake of trading because you need a certain position. If you fall in love with a player and he's available at the back end of the first round, fine, move up for him. But don't give away your picks willy-nilly. Though this is the year, Chad, they can do it. They have all the capital in the world. And Elway, like I said, he's finally operating with the mindset of having that franchise guy in place. and He should be doing everything in his power to build up around that guy. All right, let's rapid fire. We got a few questions on Super Chat. Let's rapid fire these for the guys, and then we got to get out of here. What's up, 12 wants to know, do you guys think we should sign Robbie Anderson, the wide receiver, in free agency or draft a receiver? Yes. My take would be go to the draft. Robbie Anderson, to me, is fool's gold, Zach. Injury prone as well. I'm passing on him. Fernando jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Fernando. Thank you, Fernando. He says, for Locke to be successful, Denver should go O-line in the first round. And that's that's basically my train of thought at this stage, Fernando. The question is, what if one of your – what if one of the t- – your? let me put it this way. What if you, all the first-round rated 
offensive linemen you have as a as a Broncos big board are off the board in the first round. Then you really have some decisions, and the receivers are there, whatever. Then you got some decisions to make. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think there's going to be some guys, even if it means you pick someone maybe a few picks earlier than you might have preferred. Like, you know, if you ended up, for example, getting Dalton Reisner at pick 20 last year instead of Noah Fant, are you really at this stage right now heading into 2020 after what you saw from Dalton Reisner? Are you feeling like they reached? I wouldn't have felt that way. I mean, Dalton Reisner played like a first rounder last year. He was played like a freaking five-year veteran at left guard next to Garrett Bowles. So a guy like Lloyd Cushenberry, maybe you would prefer to get him back into the first, early second, middle of the second. But if all your first rate, your first round tackles are off the board, maybe you grabs him or a guy like him. We'll see. But I'm with you on that, Fernando. This is what I subscribe to, and this is why I was thinking O-line before I started coming around to a corner or a receiver in round one. It doesn't matter who you have lining up at wide receiver. You can have Jerry Rice in his prime, but if Locke is not going to be protected, if he's going to get sacked and hit, it won't matter who his receivers are. So two biggest needs by far is protecting Drew Locke and giving him weapons. If they come out of the first round with either of those players, they will have done the team a justice. Damian jumps back in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, bro. Says, agreed. I did not see anything special about Kansas City's defense. Beat them at their own game speed. I mean, they were well coached, and they the one thing I'll give Kansas City's D is their the defensive line is led by Chris Jones was was really played really well down the stretch. And they were just a smart defense. They never put, you know, they didn't they played great situational football. And that's what you expect from a playoff caliber team. And and uh, they did so another credit you got to give that defense is they made lemonade with less than stellar secondary parts, especially at the cornerback position. All right. One more super chat here from Dave up in Canada. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Jumps in $20 donation. Please, 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 Mr. Elway, even with all this money, do not overpay these free agents. Show us some smarts, build through the draft. Cheers, guys. Hey, I'm with you, Dave. I think Elway is going to be a little bit wiser after the money he spent on two really injured guys last year in free agency. But at the same time, I mean, so so far be it for me to say, you know, be fast and loose with your free agent dollars. But at the same time, free agency, you know, you're 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 signing veterans, right? Guys who've been in the league for for at least four years in in every case. And so these are guys. I mean, if you've been in the league one year, Zach, you've been injured. You you have an right. injury jacket. You have an injury history. You have medicals that are going to show up. Do you pass the physical? And how? Like Eric Trickle talks about this a lot. Were the injuries you've suffered from? Were they injuries that have long-term implications or were they short window, little bursts of, you know, types? And so if they were short-term injuries, not a big deal. If you had long-term implications, then you don't want to invest those dollars. So we'll see. But yeah, the Broncos need to be smart with these dollars and focus more on the draft in terms of building long-term. You're using the free agent pools act to fill immediate roster holes with impact players. Yeah, I mean, they're compliments. They're not the main pieces. You're not going to win for agency and win a, a title by signing a, a bunch of old players. That's the Redskins' old move, and it never worked for them. The only free agents the Broncos should splurge on are their own free agents, the Justin Simmons, the Chris Harris Juniors, the Derek Wolfs. Other than that, though, use the open market to kind of supplement the roster, mid-tier guys, a couple, couple, you know, two, three-year deals here and there on defense, but use the draft majority-wise to get your receiver, to get your lineman, to get your running back. Do it through the draft. Build in-house. Develop your own guys. It's younger, it's cheaper, and it's more effective for the long haul. All right, last one here, guys. Then we're going to get out of here from Larry on YouTube. Brings up something that Zach and I were going to talk, uh, touch on today. Um, 104.3 The Fan in Denver talking about how Michigan State 
not Michigan, is offering Mike Shermer or uh, Pat Shermer double the pay he's making now. If it's true, Zach, and Pat Shermer is wants to get out of his contract with the Broncos and go be a head coach at the collegiate level, fine. Catch you on the flip flop, Mike Shula. You're now offensive coordinator. Yep, they have a, that's a good point. They have a perfect built-in replacement. But I don't see Shermer doing this. It'd be career suicide to sign a contract and to just leap into the college ranks. Uh, he's staying in Denver, and uh, I guess it's a positive thing that other schools and programs are courting Pat Shermer if they want him, and the Broncos got him. So hopefully, he stays in Denver. Guys, that's got to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. As always, make sure you are following the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod, simply the best way to stay in touch with us and programming and any announcements and also what's going to happen with your team, the Denver Broncos, in real time. Also, a gentle reminder, head on over to the merch store, huddleuppod.com, and get your hat, get your Huddle Up Podcast hoodie or your Huddle Up Podcast shirt. It's going like wildfire, and we want to continue to draw your guys' attention to that because – you know, we dragged our heels. It took some time, but Zach especially deserves the majority of the credit for getting this thing up and going. And uh, it took us time, but Zach put in the work, got it done. And so it's there for you guys. Head on over and check that out. This hat in particular and this hoodie right now, the last, especially the last week, have been fire since yes. we put it there. But, guys, that's got to do it. Make sure as well you are following my partner here, Zach Kelberman on Twitter, at KelbermanNFL. Myself, at Chad and Jensen, and we're off tomorrow night, but Building the Broncos will be on at 6 p.m. We got everything fixed on Nick's end with his the weird, you know, the, being cut off and the internet connection. That should be fine tomorrow, so look forward to Building the Broncos, Nick and Carl, 6 p.m., same time that Zach and I always come on. And then Zach and I will be back in the saddle Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll see what there is to talk about between now and then. And Zach, my friend, have a great start to your week, bro. You as well, Chad. Hopefully we have more news on Wednesday night to talk about. It's kind of uh, been dry, but you know that's the way it goes in the NFL world. It is, and big thanks to all our listeners who joined us tonight and helped yes. make this a, a fun conversation for, for all involved, and especially a, a mile-high salute to our Super Chats. Appreciate you guys. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you guys again Wednesday, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. 
Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. And now, shop what you love and save $2 on each participating item when you buy three or more with your card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 